Ever wanted to be a ninja? Learn the secrets to health, wealth, and being kick-ass. Welcome to the Being a Ninja Show. I'm your host, Joe Shung, aka Joe Fight, founder and CEO of Fight Fitness, where we help people burn fat, tone up, and learn to kick butt. My guest today is Ken Zhang. If you are a Markham member at one of our studios, you know him as our resident program manager. In this episode, we go through his background and how he hated biomedical engineering and what led him to joining a fitness education program in the school. Also, what he learned working with athletes and how he applies that to working with regular people and also what led him to work with FightFit. Also, we get to answer questions from our clients like what we're doing for COVID-19 and some of the measures and policies we're putting into place. We also talk about ab construction, how to get more definition in your abs, and also we answer why your body fat may not be budging. Enjoy. All right, guys, my special guest today is Ken Zhang. He is our resident program manager in Markham. If you've been out, if you've been a member of our Markham studio or any of our studios, you've probably seen Ken around uh, teaching some classes, usually in and out of appointments with clients. He's been a longtime cornerstone of Fight Fit for the last few years. I think I, I got him right when he came out of um, school or close to it, at least. Um, and he's been he's been killing it ever since, and he's a big part of uh, a lot of clients' successes. And we're happy to have him on the show. Ken, welcome. Thanks, Joe, for having me. Uh, happy to be a part of this live stream. I know it's like a new thing we're doing, but uh, yeah, hopefully we have a, we have a fun time with all the questions and uh, what just learning a little bit more about my life. Awesome, Ken. So let's take it back, way back. How did you get involved and get started into fitness? Um, for my own fitness, you know, I've, I've always played sports, <clears throat> like growing up, you know, as a kid. It was just my way of, you know, making friends and, you know, like you just do things that are, are fun to you. So like when I, I first came to Canada when I was in just grade two and uh, I've played soccer ever since, like I what? knew how to kick a ball. Where were you from originally? Uh, I, I came from China. So I was I grew up in China. Uh, and then I came here when I was like grade two, so super young. And uh, I mostly use, you know, team sports, uh, track and field, these these type of things that really, you know, just kind of fit in, uh, get to know people. And then that way, you kind of have that that camaraderie. Um, you know, I felt like I was a part of something instead of like, so I didn't, I didn't know English that well. When I first came here, I was like ESL up until like grade four, grade five. And if it wasn't for like sports or like doing, you know, track and stuff like that, I, I feel like I'll just be like alone or left kind of on the side. So definitely uh, grateful for that. I guess that, that that's actually, you bring up an interesting point, like sport and fitness being the great, um, doesn't even need a language. Oh yeah, to... absolutely. So do you, and you found that it helped you like connect with people and everything like that? For sure. I mean, like this, you know, it builds this, com like this competitive competitiveness between you and like your teammates. Uh, I enjoy training and practicing with them because, 
you know, there's there's that grind, there's that that struggle to get better, right? So it's always something to do, and it's something that you look forward to. And when you're having fun as a kid, like you know, you don't really think of these things, right? You kind of just do it. You just kind of do it to have fun, and without realizing that you know these are all the benefits and all the pros that it, it brings with you, because you know you're not you know alone on the playground, um, you know by yourself. You actually have people uh, with you that are looking to you know. Uh, work with you hang out and just improve and get better yeah just goes to show like how important it is for people to move together kind of reminds me remember there was that one client and this i want to bring it to a client story that we have a vast variety of different clients from different backgrounds that speak a whole bunch of different languages and there was that one client i think she said her english got better because she started training with us do you remember do you know who that was i kind of remember yeah 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 we, we like she would bring i think was it the one she would bring like her daughters to come translate for her in the class but then she got like to know the movements and the demo and cues and she eventually just got the gist and like got the flow of it so i thought that was really cool yeah uh, so it's important you anybody can start moving and start exercising no matter what cool so as a kid you grew up playing a lot of sports um i mean let's take fast forward it into um after high school i guess you were applying for school, post-grad work, a post-graduate diploma, or where did you go? So I was actually not into, like, I didn't go straight into fitness right away uh, from coming from an Asian household and all. So I was actually in, like, biomedical engineering, like, kind of like the tech side of things. And I got into that program for about, like, a year or two. And, you know, it was just, like, every day it was just, like, I just didn't like it. I just hated it. Um, I remember this was one lab I was in, and one of my uh, tech the profess- professors, he was like, like, hey, guys, like, what do, what do you guys expect? Like, he, he flipped out on this other kid for some reason because he didn't do his project well enough. Uh, he just said, hey, guys, what do you expect? This is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Like, if you get a job in this field, 10, 20 years, and all we're doing was just, like, doing soldering, circuit, board checking, programming stuff. And then for me, I'm just like, it hit me. I was just like, in 10, 10 years, rest of my life, I'm already hating just this one hour of lag. So when he said the rest of your life, I, I just couldn't like, it just, it just hit me. So I did not want to do that at all. Uh, I took a year off of, of school just to kind of think and realize like what I wanted to do in my life. So what I did, was I, I worked in Leon's for like a really long time, like ever since I was 16 years old. And uh, I was good friends with like, the, the manager there, he, you know, saw that I had potential. So I was like, hey, let me do sales for a year. I want to get some new experience. He said, you know what, let's do it. I had zero, like, sales experience. Um, but coming from the warehouse, working, like, my way up from just the, you know, part-timer associate while I was in high school, uh, became a supervisor in the warehouse. And then he's like, hey, you know what, let's, let's give you a shot. So I started learning sales, did the training and all that stuff. And I, I sucked at it. <laughs> when I first started, I was terrible at sales, but uh, it, it was fun because it got me in front of people. I was talking to them. I was able to connect and really just help them, right? So I, I really liked that aspect of the job. And it led me back to thinking like, well, what, what, what have I always enjoyed growing up? What have I always been good at? What have I been kind of just doing this whole time, right? And it really has been like just fitness, moving, uh, sports, helping people. Like I realized that I like sales because I like dealing with people. I like talking to people, getting to know, you know, their, their, their story. Even if it's just, Hey, you're just looking to buy a fridge. 
but you know <laughs> just talking to you learning about like your family and what your needs are and like your situation like i found that you know different it's, it's interesting not like the very um you know repetitive type of work environment where i just hate the most yeah yeah and I, 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 and I, you know, I talk to you guys about this and I talk about sales being like the, it's, it's a really extremely important leadership quality to be able to figure out people's problems for them. So I'm glad you picked up sales. So you figured out biomedical engineering, wasn't your, was it biomedical engineering you said? Yeah, like biomedical engineering. Yeah. So you figured out that wasn't your thing. You took a year off. What led you to get into uh, your program after? Um, it, it was mostly from talking to like a lot of the people while I was doing sales. Interestingly, like a lot of them are, you know, obviously in their 30s, 40s, 50s. They have a lot of experience. So a lot of people that I was working with are always, you know, they're like, hey, Ken, it's cool that you're here. But like, you know, I have a son that's older than you. So I'll get a lot of these comments. So I've people always say, like, hey, Ken, you have this like mature demeanor and like you have this calmness to you. I think that's attributed to me, like just being around older people for like years and years in the workforce while I'm still in high school. So I see like a huge contrast between, you know, me and my friends goofing off in high school versus, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in that switch. Like I'm in that work mode because I have to keep up with their, you know, 30, 40 years old of maturity. Right, so I have right, to really right. pick it up. Um, but they really taught me like, you know, a lot of them did it. They didn't even enjoy the sales like job there because they found like you know what like money is good and all but they would rather do a lot of these other things and they want to tell that to their children so a lot of them were talking to me as if i was like their children and just really asking me like what it is i enjoy doing what i like like doing so from talking with these guys and you know hearing about their you know their experiences and just their wisdom and talking to one of my um mentors if you will really helped me just you know Kind of decipher that uh, the fitness and health promotion program was something that really made a lot of sense for me uh, practically going mm -hmm. forward mm -hmm. yeah if you guys ever met ken i i still think he's like he's he's actually pretty young but actually i, I don't know i keep forgetting your age because i keep thinking when when you first started you're pretty young but now you're older now it's so funny but super mature for his age um so you started the health promotion program um what was it two years three what how long was the program? It was a two-year program. Yeah, two-year program. Talk to me about that. How was that process like? It was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was. It was one of those things where, you know, like growing up, I've never like really enjoyed school too much. I, I love the school for the friends aspect, for the extracurricular activities and doing projects and like doing sports and all that stuff. Um, but I got like decent marks, but it wasn't the greatest, right? But when I got into the fitness and health promotion program, I was like. This is something that I really love doing. Like it took, literally took all the stuff from high school that I really enjoyed, but then turned it into a specialized program that like I felt like was meant for me. So mm -hmm. I really gave it my hundred percent. Like when I went into that program and you know really worked on getting the highest marks I possibly could. You know when it comes to studying, test exams, and yeah, I was able to like maintain well over four like GPA for all my classes and um, finish with honors. So. It was a great program, lots of practical experience, um, met a lot of I think, mentors and uh, friends and connections that are still like in the fitness industry right now. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of them played a, a huge part in, you know, where I am at right now, 
you know, based on how, you know, where they helped me, you know, work at, intern at, and just connected me with the right people. So talk to me about the different internships, because you did do a lot of placements at a, a bunch of different fitness studios, right? And different, like, sure. fitness area, like um, even concepts in a sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I fr we first obviously first started off with um, just working within the school, right? I would train the teachers, the faculty staff, like the professors, and some of the students um, that will work with us. Like there's like police programs and fire firefighters programs. So we'll work with them on their fitness and designing programs for them as such. And, you know, the, the place that where I got the most experience, I would say, is probably from this gym called Elite Training Systems. So they're a gym based out in Whitby, um, quite quite a quite a drive uh, as a student in training, but it's a really awesome place. So uh, at ETS, we call it, you know, primarily to train, I think, athletes, you know, team-based sports, that sort of thing. And they also have your everyday, you know, person that just wants to get fit, lose weight, and just be healthy. And mm -hmm. in that, you know, area, I was really able to pick up on a lot of, you know, higher higher end concepts in terms of how to train people, but as well as how to simplify it for your everyday Joe, right? So it was it was a really awesome experience. Got to train some of my first official clients there. Got to work, got to meet some really cool people there actually too. Um, like people that played in the Super Bowl, like NFL, oh, people yeah. like hockey, like hockey superstars. Uh, one of our coaches, I think the co-owner, he was like, he's supposed to be, I think he's one of the, the trained coaches for the An Anaheim Ducks. So definitely nice. a wealth of experience from the trainers there and a lot to learn from uh, from those guys. But yeah, it's a lot of fun in that area too. So you got to train athletes. So talk to me now about what's the difference now between training athletes and training our clients? What do you, I think if you see a difference? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is when it comes to athletes, they are already super self-motivated. Um, they, they are in the sport because they love it. They want to get good at it, 1%, 2%, whatever it is. So they're willing to, to, to go 100%, you know. And when it comes to – and I think that's a little bit of their weakness too because sometimes they don't know how to stop. They don't know how to rest. They don't know how to recover. So these are the things where you really want to kind of focus on and, you know, kind of work with them like, you know, working on your mobility, your recovery, your rest. Sometimes, you know, you want to, you know, eat more. Don't worry about cutting too much. Or uh, a cool concept I picked up from working at ETS and work in one of my classes was, you know, a lot of sports that you would play, you know, normally you have, you already have like imbalances in your bodies, but these mm -hmm. things aren't always a bad thing, right? Like for example of like a great example is like a baseball player. You only bat one side, right? So you have like really strong rotational forces swinging the bat from one way of your body. And it's not necessarily a bad thing for you to have that because it makes you a really good batter. It makes you a really good, you know, you're good at throwing the ball when you pitch, right? Um, so I understand that, you know, in some sports, this is going to be innate. And we just want to train them to the point where this is not going to lead to an injury in the future where it's like too too much mm -hmm. of, of like on one side of the symmetry. And when it comes to everyday athletes and people that just want to get fit and healthy, I think the biggest thing is just motivation, keeping them you know, accountable to their goals because they have a lot of stuff going on in their lives, you know, with their jobs, their kids. Some of them are still in school, right? When you're an athlete, you're, you're 24 seven, your job yeah. is your, is your fitness, is your work, is, you know, your whole life. So it's hard to put it on hold, but everyday people, 
yeah, you can worry more about symmetry, finding them balances, because, you know, it goes back to where your goal is, right? If your goal is to live a healthy life where you can move, you don't have to deal with pains and no injuries, then yeah, you want to train yourself to be as balanced as possible, have no dysfunctions and you're set. But if you're, you know, a baseball player, you want to hit as hard as you can. You want to pitch right. as fast as you can, right? And then when you're retired, then, you know, they, that's why they go through all the rehab and work on themselves, bringing them back up again, right? But yeah, it's, it's a sacrifice they're willing to make. I kind of see it like both ways, like with athletes, you talked about recovery and rehab being an important part of like even training athletes. I think that's important with even dated, like just regular people, like, and, and not in the sense of like, like, like recovery modalities that you would use with like athletes, but like even things like mindfulness, things like stress reduction, things like sleeping properly. I think those are all still recovery modalities that we have to do with day-to-day -day people. I know athletes know it's important, but like, Regular people need that too. So cool. So you did. You you have a bunch of experience with athletes. You you now you finished uh, school, and then um, talk to me about that journey now. From I guess from being in the education side of things, and then being in the real world working as a trainer. How was that transition like? For sure, it was definitely one of those things where I just had to get my foot in the door somehow. And I was very eager to start, you know, my fitness career because this is something that I've always wanted to do. So I applied to every single ad that I could find online and just shot them everywhere. And, you know, I, I was able to kind of narrow it down to a couple places that um, I like to work close by. Um, so I started, I, I used to work at Nine Rounds. I helped them, I actually helped open the Markham location. It's by uh, Highway 7 and... Uh, McCowan Road. So I helped open that location, start up that gym. And then I, I was also working at <clears throat> Fight Fit at the time, just teaching a few classes here and there, interning. I was also doing PTs at uh, Snap Fitness, uh, a gym close to actually where you live, Joe. So mm. if you live there. So I was working at three places all at once. Um, I think a lot of personal trainers can kind of, you know, relate to this where when you first start off, it's a grind, right? You're, you're, you're hopping from place to place. You have clients here and there. You have all these hours and you're all over the place. But really, I'm just trying to set up a, a baseline, a foundation to really discover like what it is that I want to do. Like, who do I want to coach? What do I want to specialize in? And, you know, what makes the most sense for me? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I am like, as a, you're obviously here. So <laughs> you chose Fight Fit. What was it made that made that decision? You know, I think one of the biggest reasons why I chose Fight Fit was because I like the idea that it's always evolving. It's it's not, you know, one of those corporate companies where there's a lot of, you know, um, like inflexibility, I would say, when it comes to even my own, like what I have to bring to the table. I feel like in a corporate environment, like it, this, I wouldn't be able to grow as much as I can. I wouldn't have as much freedom and I wouldn't be able to connect to the client's as much uh, and give them everything that I've learned because, you know, money is always in their mind. There's all these other stuff like politics in place. So, you know, I really like that, you know, about Fight Fit where I'm actually part of, you know, the decision-making team. I can kind of help steer the ship of where we want to go and really listen to what the clients want, you know, from their side of things and then actually be able to do something about it. Uh, a lot of the other places where I was at before, a lot of the clients would tell me stuff I'll bring it up. Nothing happens, right? There's a disconnect. It doesn't always happen. So, you know, I like having the ability to, to make it happen. And, um, 
I think FlightFit, you know, really values growth and, you know, constant improvement. So I've been doing a lot of, you know, courses, seminars, lessons, uh, ever since I started with you guys, you know, with that gaps with kettlebell, we did the DTS barbell training. There's always nutritional seminars and, and, you know, overall, I think there's just a sense of community. I don't think there's ever been a day where I've ever walked into FlightFit and no one has ever said hi to me. It's always like, you know, I felt like another home really. Nice. Nice. Thanks for the plugs. Uh, Oh, we got a good, great question here. Scott, 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 Scott posted a question here. It's a really good one. What client has made the impact, biggest impact on you? What clients? Um, I, I can't say like any, any one client has made a big impact on me because I've, I've really worked with like various different clients from like different specialties, but the, the biggest clients are the ones where you know they, they get really emotional this is after like i've helped them lose some you know weight or have them help them overcome a hard difficult part of their life and then they share that experience with me and it allows me to just realize like how much of an impact or how much of an of a help i've actually been to their life like a lot of times you know as a personal trainer really from our like perspective we just show up we make you guys do a bunch of movements and exercises. We know it's good for you, right? But a lot of times we don't know how much, like, like we don't really know like the, the the level of like of which we're helping your life. And when you got when you tell it to us, when you relate to us in very specific examples, right? Like, have people tell me, hey, you know, what? I'm I'm off my meds. I don't have to take this anymore. My doctor is super happy, or like, you know, my pregnancy went well. Um, I had this. I was training this one client. Um, back in snap where she she was in her i believe in her 70s she was in her 70s and you know where i was training on her to do a plank she was we were able to finally get it up to one minute and it was in the winter time she told me ken i i fell i actually fell last week and i'm like oh no what happened that, that's that's crazy that's scary you okay she's like yeah i'm okay and the reason why i'm okay was because we worked on like planking core training we worked on different strength movements so when she fell she didn't fall on her head. She was actually both just going to brace herself, stop herself from hitting like dead onto the floor. And, you know, she went to the doctor. She got a little bruises here, but she's like, had you not trained for it, if you hit head first, you know, it would have been a very serious injury. So, you know, it's these things that really helped me, you know, find love in the job that I do. Sure. And like, that's like one of the biggest things, like it falls are one of the th biggest issues that create for older individuals for sure. So huge impact, huge impact. Um, we're going to take a minute to go. We're going to go into questions real quick, but I want to ask one question, Ken. What has big, been one of your biggest learnings so far in your fitness career? What would you say is like one big aha moment for yourself and be like, ah. The, the biggest learning experience for me, I think it's as a trainer, we have to keep ourselves motivated every single day just as much as we motivate our clients and sometimes i feel like it does get quite tough to do that um but you know sometimes you, you believe you know since you're a trainer you have to be x y and z and just naturally going to be just there's you're part of your baseline it's part of your life um, but really it's not it's something that i think we constantly have to work at every single day and put in the reps just like our clients do just like what we're preaching and telling them to do to be able to maintain 
at that you know level of I guess like you're, you're you being able to operate at you know what you're doing and 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 just be good at it at the end of the day. So I think that's something that you know I'm constantly trying to work on. I right? keep myself motivated, uh, watch what I'm eating, you know, trying to exercise and just learn from our clients, from you know everybody at Fight Fit, everybody in the fitness community to keep myself going. So that's one of the things I've learned. This never-ending journey. So and that's what makes it fun. And that's life. I think you know we we've talked about this so much that the the obstacle is the way like when you do hard things that's what makes the journey interesting and like we're all like that we're all even me myself the best coaches have coaches because we it's always a challenge to keep ourselves accountable to things so definitely definitely can relate so let's get into some uh questions here posed by some of our uh clients um we got a good one. Jose asks, he's super eager to get back into the gym. He's asked, what new policies or rules will be put in place to ensure safety from COVID-19 when the gym opens? So Yeah, yeah, I can start us off here. So, you know, we're, we're definitely keeping an eye out on any government, you know, issued guidelines for gyms. You know, with obviously with the gym being the last, you know, phase of things being opened, so we're definitely going to keep our eyes on it and as well as going above and beyond of what we have to do to keep our clients safe and keep our coaches safe as well to make sure we transition your back nice and smoothly. So some of the things we might, uh, we should expect to see are obviously smaller class sizes. Um, instead of having back-to-back -back classes where there's a lot of human contact, we're, we're going to probably implement a time gap just so we have time for people to exit and leave and have, you know, time for new people for the next class to come in and you know some of these things to just make sure we are still um abiding by the social distancing you know protocols that the government has uh put in place yep um just to add on to those things like obviously uh, again cleaning procedures we're updating every procedure as well just to make sure that in that gap that uh we'll be making sure that we're cleaning and like ken was mentioning things like smaller class sizes we will be limiting a lot of the classes um it unfortunately i know a lot of people are on different membership packages where they were used to going doubles this would probably have to take that out just because to be able to service and fulfill it on everyone but the good news is that we will continue doing our online sessions because if you cannot make it out and if you are worried or concerned about cleanliness and want to stay home we're going to keep doing the online stuff guys keep it going just keep us give us feedback and um i got exciting stuff i don't like to talk about stuff until i got it figured out but we're working on a brand new um, platform to deliver you guys one-on-one -on -one personal workouts so be on the lookout for that all right next question we have pamela she asks my goal is to hit under 1400 calories a day my diet is not as strict why hasn't my body fat budged? Um, I think the biggest one we, whenever it comes to like our body not changing, and you know, even though we've done a, such a strict diet, goes back to what we talked about earlier. You know, there's a lot of other factors in play where we have to kind of look at like your sleep. You know, how often are you exercising for the whole day, not just you know for that half hour, and you know what it is that you're eating. Really, like. At the end of the day, if you're still eating less calories than, you know, than, than you're burning, you should be losing weight. But you can control many other factors to really expedite this. So 
I would say, you know, are you sleeping seven to eight hours a day? Are you drinking enough water? Um, you know, do you feel energized, right? Otherwise, then you can you might have to tweak, you know, some of the the food, um, you know, some parts of the food plan, as well as maybe consult with your coach to see, you know, if you need to maybe adjust some of your fitness plans to kind of go about it as well. Yeah, Pamela, I would, I would be, I would check to see if you are actually measuring your foods and how accurate you are at estimating the actual weight of the foods that'd be my one action step Emma. it'd be weigh your foods to the gram and uh, and then actually track it on my fitness pal may i don't know if you're already doing that if not um start doing it but get a little bit more accurate get a bit more tighter weigh start weighing your food um that could be the 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 big thing and also like how are you are you adding extra fats as well because those calories can definitely add up especially when you're on such a low calorie goal of 1400 per day um take a look at if there's extra oil or extra fat in your foods um but like if you're at 1400 and you're at a calorie you should be at a calorie deficit at that calories you should be losing weight um, but if it's body fat that isn't budging and if you say, for instance, you have a scale, that could be the issue too. It could, like Ken, the other thing is she might not have like a really accurate body fat scale because we all yeah. know body, bioelectrical impedance, which is most scales are, it's a little bit off some days. If some days you have a high salt, you have too much water, you have too much carbs, it might throw off the reading a little bit. So I would, uh, I would take a average of a daily body fat just to see if the trend is downward. That's what I would look at. Anything you want to add to that, Ken? Is... Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, when it comes to the scale, I would do it first thing in the morning, wake up, you know, go to the bathroom, do your business, come back. You know, that way your body is, you know, as neutral as possible. Hop on a scale, see what it says. Um, you know, the moment you start drinking water, consuming sodium, eating meats and all these things, you know, the scale will start reading everything that you, that you consume as, you know, oh, maybe it's fat, maybe it's muscle, maybe it's water. It doesn't really know. That's where you get these inaccuracies. And this is why weighing on a consistent time uh, really helps give you better insight into the accurate results you're looking for. Yeah. Just like when you weigh your food, weigh yourself accurately. So. Yeah. Next question. Chelsea asks, what are some of the most effective ways to lose belly fat? I've never seen my own abs. Of course, I could feel it when I do ab workouts, but never shown. What are some effective ways to create a firmer ab construction? Or maybe she meant the shape of the abs. Maybe a definition, yeah. Yeah, definition. I I think, you know, abs has been those things that people have been wanting for thousands and thousands of years, right? And it's one of those things where a simple line is like, you know, you can't not out-train a bad eating habit or a bad diet, right? You can't out-train a bad diet. So, you know, I think you have to go back to nutrition, going back to seeing you know how much we're eating on a daily basis right the reason why you know if you look like thousands of years past and you see all these farmers and all these people that are doing like labor they would eat all that rice and eat all this noodles and all this stuff and not put on any weights because they're, they're literally imagine they're at the gym every single you know hour of the day because they're working and that's why you know they're burning it off so really just got to revisit and go back to you know that that formula yeah definitely we'll start looking at um, I would, I, body fat percentage would be one way to look at it. Um, I posted one thing on my Instagram, uh, about the picture, which was really cool. Like it tells you where you're at in the terms of body fat and how your body should look. If you check, find me Joe fight fit. I posted one on uh, Instagram post about this, 
where you can kind of see where your body fat percentage is and how your body should look. So you kind of have to, for women specifically, you got to get it down pretty low, like uh, sub 20s to start seeing some abs. And I don't typically recommend that um, just because when you're, when you, as women get down to the 20, the 15% mark, you do things start, things start happening to your body. Like you start losing your menstrual cycle and things like that. So, um, but I mean, if that's what you want and if that's your goal, we can do it. Just know that those are the types of things that may happen. So getting you down to that 20 to 15% mark. Uh, I want to talk about guys. Guys have to get pretty dar darn low to start seeing their abs. Like you got to get like sub 15 to 10 to get that real pop. Um, Ken, anything you want to add to this? Yeah, just to wrap this up, you know, just going back to your question and just really answering the last points with, you know, when you're training, when you're training your core, you're training your abs is the area you're looking for. Really, it's not just all about doing sit-ups and crunches where you're just moving in one, you know, you know, one plane of motion. Uh, your, your, your abs, your core is designed to twist, turn, move in all sorts of directions. So, you know, I would check your plan again and see, you know, are you, does your workout plan, does it consist of movements, you know, for all planes, right? When you're twisting, anti-rotation, planking, right? Different ways to train your abs. That way you can get your obliques to show, you can get, you know, abs right down the middle, your lower, upper. So just making sure that you're, you're well-rounded and your training plan will help it as well. Cool, cool. Awesome, thanks for that. Thanks for those questions. Ken, this wraps it up. All right, man, I always like to ask this question. You know what my question is. Kung Fu action movie, the best one of all time, or I would say best movie with a hero arc. I'll let you have that too. And why? With a hero, what do you mean by hero arc? Like, you know, when you get beat up, the guy gets beat up and then he comes back, he does like a training montage and he like learns a whole new skill or something like that. And he comes back and he <laughs> fights his enemy and wins. I would say, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but uh, Kung Fu Hustle is one of my old favorites. <laughs> that was hilarious. It was funny. It was a great action film. There's like great storyline to it too. But yeah, I'll say Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle. All right. Cool. You like the comedies. Awesome, yeah. kid. Um, for anybody that wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to get at you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Ken underscore trainer. Uh, just shoot me a message if you have any questions, and uh, I'll be happy to connect with you guys. Sweet. Ken, thanks for being on the show and sharing your secrets on health, wealth, and being kick-ass. See you later, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Being a Ninja show. If you enjoyed that, please share it, comment. It'd be much appreciated. Signing off. Sayonara.